just kicking this bad boy off. Uh, who wants to? We're done. Gonna we're talking about buying and selling games. Who's the resident expert about video games? We uh, all of us. We're all yeah. the same. We're all experts at something. I use GameStop quite a bit to like. Wow. Flip in and out of my like what game? Like if I hate a game, I'm like, yep, I'm gonna use this to go get something else and just go trade it. So. All right, Chase. Oh, Chase is in here. I guess I gotta throw my own log in the fire. God, damn it, Chase. All right. I thought it would be a good thing that Chase isn't here. Why? Because it's Chase. Because then he won't go to the bathroom during the goddamn. Yeah, we won't recording. hear him. We won't hear him flushing <laughs> the toilet in the background. If you listen closely, yeah. listeners, to what was it? Two episodes ago? So well, it was, it was the Warcraft. Nintendo, it was the Nintendo, Nintendo one. Was it the Nintendo one or the Warcraft one? It was the Nintendo one. Nintendo one. Because oh. he was... Oh, no, he wasn't in the, the Warcraft He wasn't one. in either of them. No. But yeah, oh. the Nintendo one was... If you listen very yeah, closely... He had to go potty during yeah. the episode. Yeah, there's yeah. like three flushes. You can hear it in the background if Seriously. you listen closely. So go back and re-listen to those old episodes. You need some digestive help. This is the Campfire Gaming Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. Today we got me. I'm Colin Klimek. We also got Matthew Rank. We got... Rich Canada, and we also got Mike. What's your last name again? Wow, Mike. Oh, wow, we got. I'm just kidding. It's Mike, Mike wow. Tapio. Where is Mike Tapio? Leave it there. All right, we're gonna leave it there. Uh, today we're talking about uh, buying, selling games, as well as uh, physical versus digital games, and what we think is better for the world. For the world of video games, yeah. So I mean, obviously, the big elephant in the room in uh, buying and selling games is uh, GameStop. Mike, you were just saying before the podcast that you're a huge proponent and love GameStop? Absolutely. No, I like the idea of being able to get rid of a physical copy. You can get off this podcast yeah. if you shop at GameStop. That's fine. I'll go make my own podcast. It'll be called <laughs> Campfire Gamering. Hey, just don't steal mine. Mine's Bonfire Ooh. Gaming Podcast. <laughs> Excellent. That's a better one anyways. Taking it. No, um, so I've used GameStop usually just to uh, get rid of a game I don't like, um, to put it towards a game that I do want to play more. That's really all I've done with it. So you, you take their 10 cents to put it towards the next purchase? Um, it's usually like 20 bucks. I'm not saying like it's always 20 bucks, but uh, if you trade in for store credit, you usually get a better uh, better deal out of it. So I don't mind doing it. I don't see the harm. What's I've already your... bought the game from the publisher once. So what's What's your usual turnaround on a game? Like, are you talking? You buy a game, and then a couple weeks later, you were like, "No, sell it's it back." It's probably months. It's uh, like I'll actually get through the game, and then I will uh, usually use it to pick up something else that's uh, a used copy and not necessarily a new copy of something. So that might be part oh. of the problem. So you even but, buy used copies, huh? Yeah, if, if that's the only one they've got. Sure. Like I picked up um, Divinity Original Sin two. They had it as okay. a used copy. Yep. I couldn't find it um, even on the Switch. No, 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 Switch, no, right? Switch, Xbox One. Um, oh, okay. After I found out the graphics were going to be, like, not as good, I was like, oh, I want to play with better graphics, so I, I decided really? to go down. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're, turn, they're toning it down. Um, I don't, I think, a lot, we can get into that later, but. Sure. Anyways, um, yeah, no, they had a copy of it, and I'm trying to remember the game that I got rid of for it. I just did not like it. It did not resonate well with me. Um, Mario versus Rabbids. No, I still have that game. I love that game. But I traded in to get Divinity, and it was just a straight one for one trade. I didn't actually; they gave me two dollars more. So sure. they're like, you know, "Here, decent. please the game take that I this off our hands." Like four, five months old. So it was it was a Switch game. I don't remember what it was though. Sure, I'll have to think of that. Yeah, the only time I've ever actually, I think, bought a used copy of a game 
was back in like the Halo 2 days. Because I remember we tried to get like really cheap like $10 copies of Halo yeah. 2 for like LAN parties and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I remember I never... I would never resell games at GameStop because I would get... I would sell them to uh, FYE. They gave okay. you, yeah, they gave you more money. Yeah, back when they I know. Yeah, they're not FYE dry. It was amazing. I bought hundreds of dollars worth of Christmas gifts for my family one year because the uh, I think it was called Cheap Ass Gamer. I don't know if it was dot net or dot com. That sounds they, like you. No, there was it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm a cheap ass gamer. Uh, no, so they had this list of trade in values at FYE, and there were some of the weirdest like. You never heard of these games. There's a Lotus Racing game. Uh, what was it? Gogo. Here, going to call this out. Gogo Hyper Grind for the GameCube, and you could go buy it used at GameStop for like two bucks and trade it in for like twenty five, thirty bucks. And it got to the point where the Fye people kind of were a little suspicious when I'd come in with like <laughs> yeah. four unknown games and walk out with a hundred bucks or whatever. Right. But uh, I mean, they did made... they think you were that guy going to the pawn yeah. shop with a bunch of stolen games? Like, oh, keep giving me money. Yeah. Are you are you hear about those guys going from like to the uh, public library and they steal those games and then go and try and sell <laughs> them to GameStop? Awful. <laughs> yeah. But no, Fye had some of the best. You know, I mean, it, it was store credit. Mind right. you, right. I, I don't remember if they had a cash option. If they, they did, did, it was... Yeah, they that, did. that's what I would do. Yeah. But it was only like 70% of the value, wasn't it? I don't so, remember. Something like I that. I just remember that uh, uh, back when I used to do like the the focus group testing over at the, the Activision dungeon. Okay. Yeah, yeah that would happen. For, I mean, that would happen from time to time. They'd give you free games as, out of the little cabinet that there was I in mean, there. If you worked at Activision, that's what they would do. Like, yeah. They, they would have these like yearly purges of this closet. It was like, just gear it. Just take them. Just right. take them all. Just yeah, take so them they would give you like which, two, three games and stuff like that. Which, mind you, there was never any of the Blizzard games in there. Yeah. And that was, this was you were lucky. Last, you, when I did this was before the Activision Blizzard thing. Oh, gotcha. Really? I mean. Yeah. This is a long time ago. They were usually oh. a bunch of garbage games because they were licensed games. But yeah. yeah, well, the ones that I ended up getting were like, I got a copy of uh, Modern Warfare 2. Motion the, Monsters. Yeah. No. And then um, I think it was uh, like the War for Cybertron or something like that. Yeah. Or one of the yeah, Transformers games. Was cool. Like, oh, it, must have, cool it had to have been the first one. I think War for Cybertron is the second one, isn't it? Yeah. Right. right. But I already had a copy of Modern Warfare 2 right. for my PC. So right. I just brought, I think, both of those games to... Fye, and I ended up getting like something around like thirty bucks for each of them. Which sure. was really nice. That Maybe was really good, why. and I got straight, that's yeah, a that brand was new game. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. They cashed me out on that one. Maybe that's why Fye's not around anymore. Nice job, guys. They've still got stores, well, don't they? Well, we'll see Do how they? long. Isn't there one on Burnsville Center? Didn't they? Re- got they like they went through one of those like weird rebrandings or something, didn't they? I mean, I I always wondered how to place like that actually stayed afloat because you could go into almost any other store and find that movie or media whatever cheaper but you'd go in there and buy like you want looking for a cd or something like that or a game and it's like it's it's insane amount of it'd be like a 10 15 game at walmart or something like that and they're selling it for like 28 dollars. it was always weird prices too like 28 or 23 or you know 17 it was just they were a lot more expensive than almost everywhere else. Maybe they just didn't understand the market and they weren't actually looking at competitor prices. They're like, I think this is $40. Which Maybe. is probably why their trade-in credit for GoGo Hypergrind was great. Well, I mean, do you think that even GameStop is going to last that much longer? I mean, from the yeah, from I mean, the, the optics of it, it doesn't look like right, much. From, I mean, everyone's moving towards digital now. Right. Well, I mean, even still, for GameStop recently, they've said that they're closing, like, 
a ton of stores throughout the United States, and obviously they had a bunch of layoffs, right? As well as layoffs that hit their uh, uh, Minneapolis branch yeah. out here. Well, it was the Game Informer. Game Informer. Yeah. Uh, what do you call oh, it? Right. Child company. Yeah, it, it was a child company. Of them. Is that what it's called? Um, Is that the terminology? Something like that. Yeah, probably. But they they lit off like subsidiary. Ninety percent of Game Informer. I think we're not going to see much from them moving forward. Sure. Bummer. Game Which is too bad. But stupid GameStop. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I, it's been a long time that GameStop's been <laughs> having troubles. So I know they bought right. Think Geek, and it would make a little sense to kind of just turn into a physical like Think Geek store. But is that why they've? I don't know if you guys have been in there lately. Is that why they've got just a ton of crap in there now? Like I walked in, there was all these Dragon Ball figures, and I was like, Yeah, you guys never had yeah. these before. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. no, they have a lot of merchandise. Yeah, they're going I just, more towards like a nerddom kind of store instead of purely I think if they games. go they go that route they can probably hold on I don't think they're gonna be you know just they like could shut down because they're not doing well on game sales yeah they go the cool nerd retail route well we'll see because I mean one of the things that was in the news recently was that GameStop was uh, selling a bunch of Fallout 76 power armor the Nuka Cola edition or whatever yeah apparently those are getting mold like they're growing moldy on the inside. So, so right, how does this how does this work again? Like GameStop decided to make their own power armor. Set? I don't know if it was game. Well, I don't know if GameStop was making it specifically, but sure. I know that they were selling it. Right. And this is kind of separate from the whole power armor edition helmet. Supposedly those aren't getting moldy, but right. the uh, the Nuka Cola one is getting moldy. I guess I'm mainly questioning on if this is tied to Bethesda like a major tie to Bethesda or if they're just like, yeah, sure. We'll sell you the rights to make these helmet things or if they were actually making them and selling them. Yeah. It could be like a, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know specifically of what they were, uh, how this differentiated from the, like the power armor edition or anything like that. Right. Yeah. But I thought that was funny is that, yeah, even like, you know, their merchandise that they're trying to sell is hazardous. Yeah. I mean, they're probably they're just offering a full recall of it. So yeah, if you have that power armor, uh, Nuka Cola edition, you should probably get that recalled and don't put it on. Or wear it, get sick, and become part of the lawsuit that's going to come down the road. <laughs> there's yeah, a, I, mean, I don't think rich. there's going to be a lawsuit. So we were going to use this as part of one of our news topics, um, but uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission group they actually recalled all of them, and apparently everybody who has purchased one has already been reached out to and is getting a full refund and they're supposed to send their stuff back. So Bummer. I don't think there's going to be a lawsuit. They're already, here's your money back. We're super sorry. Try not to die. Well, I guess I'm not going to GameStop after, afterwards here. Oh, this this is the final straw. This is what stopped you from going to well, GameStop. I was going to try to jump in on the potential of a lawsuit. I get rich quick, you know. It's going back to the old days of, you know, pawning off all those, uh, those games at FYE. Yeah, you know? there you go. I'm just fun so i mean if uh if we do end up as we are moving into this sort of digital age of distribution i mean i think what like gamestop isn't even for the most part if you buy a quote physical copy of a game i mean most of the time you're just getting a little cardboard disc on the inside anyway well, i think that's just is there most. a lot of games that still sell like disc copies of their I think, I think most do. The question is, how are the sales, I guess? I didn't look that up before. I know. try and buy as much physical as I can, just because I like having them on the shelf. Um, I do, too. And then I can borrow them out and things like that. I mean, that's a that's real reason that I'll still buy physical every now and then, but the convenience of digital, 
is just getting so much nicer to just to have that license to be able to access it anywhere, you know, not have to worry about popping in a disc, you know, because it's grab it off the shelf, pop, pop well, in I mean, a I disc. guess it depends on what you mean by as- accessing it everywhere. Like, are you talking about you buy a game on your Xbox and then you, like, log into your gamer tag on another Xbox and be able to launch your game? Because... Well, yeah, I mean, there's a the convenience of having that digital license because, yeah, I can just... Yeah, I have family on the East Coast. I could just go out and visit them and, hey, let's play this game. And I just download it. I don't have to go, oh, shoot, forgot the disc at home or do what I used to do when I would first go back is I'd actually pack up, go, you know, talk to my my siblings or some friends. Hey, what games do you think we're going to play when I'm at home? And then bring those discs along. Now it's just like, cool. You know, I mean, and two, with how games are constantly having updates and changes to them that you're going to be downloading the game anyways, regardless if you put the disc in. Or you have it digitally, sure. so it's not even convenient anymore, super convenient anymore to just have the physical disc. That used to be an argument in the past. You'd be able to just plug and play. Now it's like, well, every game has a day one patch. and right. no, You've got to install it, too, so it's yeah. not just the patch. It's got to physically install the, right. the thing. With that, installation is one of those things that I'm actually concerned about with the whole digital piece. Like right now, every time we jump on to play a different Xbox game, because I don't have an external hard drive hooked up, because I was like, eh, I've got a toddler. I don't want that sitting around with him being able to be like, oh, what's this in the middle of something? Uh, you know, disconnect it. But I don't think that our consoles have enough disk space to really make this a viable option. I mean, they're going up to like terabyte now as stock storage. Yeah. Is and that going to be the Scarlet and like PS5 are going to be a terabyte of disk space? Most of them now are ter. I mean, who knows what it's going to launch with? But I mean, most consoles now have like a terabyte. You know, if you get like the S and the X, they have a terabyte. I mean, to your point, yeah. I mean, that games are getting larger, and you you typically just to cut costs a little bit, they'll put in a, a smaller hard drive into your console. Uh, I think they are banking on a little bit of the fact that. Uh, external hard drive costs are cheaper. Storage is cheaper that way. But yeah, I mean, you do run into that problem. I remember my uh, original Xbox one from, what, 2014, right? Was that when it launched? You know, I ran out of that 500 gigs real quick. So, and I, I now uh, have a four terabyte hard drive that I just, I don't download everything, but any game that I play just stays on my hard drive. Maybe they're also banking on streaming kicking off. That way they don't have to worry about storage. They just Could have be. cloud storage. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, like right now, if you look at Destiny, uh, Destiny Two with Shadowkeep on the Xbox is supposed to be 165 gigs. Ugh. That's even on a terabyte hard drive. Let's say you get seven, eight of these games. That's that's it. That's all of it. And you've got to then start removing stuff if you want to play it. If you don't go buy extended hardware, or I mean extended uh, hard drive space. So I mean, yeah. this I don't know. This might be a little off topic, but this kind of goes into the game design philosophy too, and the fact that a game like Destiny Two, or even like a game like World of Warcraft, right? Where it's a game as a service, where they're kind of banking on you playing this game only, and as a consumer, you kind of only need to worry about the one game being installed in your Xbox, and that's all you really have time for. Sure. I mean, that's the problem, too, we've been dealing with for a long time, is game sizes are getting larger, and with the boom of games as a service, and just, you know, you don't just buy, typically most games, you don't just buy anymore and that's it. There's some sort of DLC season pass, whatever you want to call it coming afterwards. It is increasing that, that file size. So, and with the rise of things like your, your 4k gaming, I mean, that's, you're, you're talking about, uh, 
assets taking up a lot more storage on the drive. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, at least for consoles, the next generation, how they handle the, the storage. But, I mean, this is also, I, I wouldn't even say this is just a console problem. I think this is something that on PC can be a problem depending on how big your hard drive is. I'm running into that now because I have a 500 gig SSD and I needed to download uh, WoW, WoW Classic and I had to pull a couple games off that I just didn't play anymore. You know, so I, I think that's just a problem any gaming console or PC is going to have. The it, difference with the PC, though, is you can upgrade your hard drive space. You know, you can if you've got the right case, you can just shove in another hard drive and yeah. then like have six of them, and you I've can go. I mean, you can make you. you can make the same argument for. And I'm not going to talk Switch because I don't know. It's internal. <laughs> Hold on. You can go buy an external hard drive because PlayStation and Xbox both have USB 3.0. You just that's actually. For the non-nerds out there, that's easier than plugging a new hard drive into a PC. Right, but is that going to be more? Is that going to be more viable than say plugging in a hard drive into a PCIe slot? Right. Is the read/write as fast as? I don't know. That? Yeah, with the, with the three point Yeah. Is I it? mean, I actually see improvements of having my external. It's. I mean, we're we're talking like seconds. This isn't like oh my god. Okay. This went five minutes faster. You know, <laughs> but there is. Uh, there, there's actually been, I think, places like Digital Foundry and stuff to test like this all the time. But there is, it, it is actually faster, in my opinion, by a couple seconds. So interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, you, unless you're for a PC, yeah, you can plug in a SATA drive, SSD. You know, you're not going to see a real improvement though, unless you move to the next generation of storage, which is on the PC, which is an M.2. I think that's yeah. where you would actually see a huge difference in speeds of loading and that's still expensive. We talk about running out of space too. And M.2, whenever I put one in my PC was two, 300 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm for, talking for about. For like 500 a, gigs. Yeah. If you dump a M.2 drive in there into one of those slots, I mean, I don't think USB 3.0 is going to be able to compete. With oh no. I mean, that's, that's sure. the whole reason I mean, of this M.2. He's getting at the pricing of it. M.2 pricing compared to a USB 3 SSD is quite drastic yeah I, you can spend i think my four terabyte was granted i think it was a it was a black friday sale it was like 120 bucks mm-hmm. i have four terabytes one usb cable bam i've got four well since i have an x i have five terabytes of storage so i think there's the convenience and the cost is still there for consoles again i don't know enough about the switch is that a, do they do sd it's cards memory cards yeah so it's just sd cards that you yeah. can put in like and i know those can get pretty expensive but i i don't think Switch if you games. buy the Nintendo brand one, oh yeah. yes, they're yes. expensive. But yeah. if you just Very buy like expensive. a SanDisk, they're not bad at all. Yeah, but uh, aren't Switch games smaller in size? They're they're not hitting these well, this forty goes, plus gigs. This kind of goes back to your uh, Divinity Original Sin two. Is that the quality of it is not the same? So the so games are downgraded. potentially smaller depending on the game. Some of that kind of cuts into the quality, too. Like, Divinity, I don't know. I think there were um, effects that were not going to be shown, like magical effects on some spells. Um, they reduced a lot of, like, to Cullen's, like, adding a billion barrels on the one guy. Yeah. They reduce a lot of that, so you'll only uh-huh. see, like, the first ten or something. This is just what I heard. I haven't seen any, like, comparison yet, but it's, it's going to be downgraded from the original. That's too bad. Well, I mean... It's not a knock against the Switch because what the Switch does well is both your almost traditional console gaming as well as mobile, which right. is fantastic in the system. It does what it wants to do perfectly. 
Yeah, it's perfect. I got a 45 minute bus ride. It's like, yep. But here with we go. but with that and this is I think just Nintendo as a whole, they're not trying to compete on a hard drive spec le- or a hardware spec level with cons- or with a PlayStation Microsoft. So, you know, their 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 specs in the, the Switch aren't the best. So, with that, you come you have lower performance, which means your games like that can't run at the the crazy i think the highest it can do is 720p right uh depends on what game it is and depends on if it's docked so if it's right. docked you can get up to 1080 okay. if it's handheld it's 720 but yeah. because of its lower performance you do see as you're saying with your games and i can imagine the easiest test would be at least for me since i've played these games witcher doom wolfenstein fantastic looking games on console and pc because you, you know i mean it's just the uh what it was it called uh I can't think of it. Anyways, it's they have to knock down the quality because they need to get it to work on that console. Again, it's not a knock because it's not a system that's pus- pushing your, your, However, your hardware the, uh, and visuals. The guys that did, and it's kind of cool to see this, uh, the guys that did like Wolfenstein and Doom did a really good job of like redoing that game so it functioned well on the Switch. I don't know if the same amount of love is going into The Witcher. Um, I loved it on the Xbox. We'll see how it goes on the Switch and how it looks and how it runs. But hey... Isn't what was it? Microsoft and Latest E three is claiming that their portable playing system, what is it called? What's that project called? Project X Cloud. Yeah, or whatever. And then they were streaming onto that phone and like, oh, you can play four K onto your phone with no input lag. That goes into a streaming conversation, but yes, uh, I mean their X Cloud is. I mean that's I, I wouldn't say that's on. I mean, yeah, I guess because it'd be mobile, uh, you could start comparing it to Switch. But I, I, yeah, I wouldn't because I'd, yeah. I'd fit You're that into... streaming from a different hardware. I'd fit that the... more into streaming. And I mean, the technicalities there of getting uh, low latency, lag, you know, input, stuff like that is also... That's going to be dependent on your internet connection. Sure. So, but I mean, that's everything with streaming. So, yeah. I don't think it's fair to compare streaming... Which, uh, you know, according to Stadia, can get up to 40, 4K and 60 FPS, you know. I don't think it's fair to compare that to a console, you know, mobile console like the Switch. Native storage and processing power. Yeah. Uh, so one of the complaints that I have with digital and physical that I've, that I've experienced is that, yeah, I'm with you guys, Mike and Rich. I would prefer to have physical. Uh, I've started to PC game a lot more than what I used to. And even still, a lot of the games, if you try to buy them physical for PC, it is literally just a Steam code in the box. Yep. And you just download <laughs> yeah, it from yep, Steam. Yep. You just get a fancy box art. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, you know, I don't even have a, I don't to even have fair. a, to be fair, CD drive or a DVD drive in my PC anymore. Oh, sure. I just don't even install games that See, way. See, so this kind of the idea of having physical games back in the day, obviously PC games used to be physical and I have some old games that I like, like you know, an old game that I go back to on PC is Battle for Middle-Earth, the original one, mm-hmm. the old RTS. So I still have that installed on my PC via my Nerd. disk drive. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's fuck, it was a good yeah, game. Yeah, it I was liked a fun it. game. And some stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's why I have a disk drive on my PC is for I have some of those old PC games that I install via disk. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of going to that discussion that we had about trying to preserve our games. Right. I mean, the more digital games that we end up buying, if that service goes down, that's right. that's it. That's th- all you get. Yeah. I think that's, that's the folks. biggest thing about this physical versus digital conversation, though, is the fact that if they should... And this has happened. Oh, what was the game recently? Was it some of the Telltale games? 
they got because Telltale went under, a bunch of their games got pulled off the mar the the marketplaces. You know, so now you don't have access to that anymore. Uh, there was another game. Uh, was it the Metal Gear Solid Five? No, it was a. Uh, or was it Silent Hill: The Room? It was one of the. It was something like that where, the if you didn't have it downloaded, you could never get it again. Now, granted, I think those were both demos, but there's been some cases like that. What PT demo? I, there was there was a demo or a game in the last few years where once it got pulled. If you didn't already have it on your hard drive, you could never get it again. You sure, know, because and now if you know those demos kind of fit into an interesting spot, but there you could do that with a lot of other games. I mean, you 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 get a companies that purchase the right to sell X game, and that company then loses that. You know, we'll say ten years down the road, um, do you get to still access your your digital license? Um, obviously, you wouldn't be able to re-download it. You would have to either buy it wherever it moves or you wouldn't be able to buy it all. So this brings up an, an interesting interesting topic in that since more and more even single player games are becoming bound to online features to the point like even the latest thing that I saw on Reddit was that this uh, Ghost Recon I don't remember. Wildlands. Wildlands. Wild, no, yeah. not Wildlands. The new one. The new one. Breakpoint? Breakpoint, yeah. Our resident yeah. Expert. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh had their beta recently or something or their early access and uh like some dude was playing single player and he was kicked out of the game due to uh, uh scheduled maintenance in a single player <laughs> game how that doesn't make sense you should like if more and more games are becoming tied to online even still let's say the you uh, buy a game on steam steam lasts forever but the company shuts down and they shut off their servers. And if you have these single player games that are tied to online that you can't even play offline, you won't even be able to play that game. At least that's what it leads me to believe unless they change that. Well, I mean, we could even go to we can use something that's not out yet that nobody's really sure how it's going to work is Stadia. Right. What if you spend the money on Stadia? You know, you get their controller and a little whatever Google Chrome type thing you plug in. Right. You spend 60 bucks on, I don't know what game's on there, Cyberpunk and Red Dead and, and Destiny, but the, the the platform just tanks. Right. Well, that's, you, one of the, that's one of the main concerns about even being one of the like founders on that kind of service is that you run the risk of this new product, and if it doesn't actually take off like Google wants it to, well, okay, cool. Now I just wasted a bunch of money on this thing that I can't even use anymore. Do you think they'll just shut it down, though? I mean, Google's got the money, or Alphabet even has the money to be like, eh, we'll let it go for another five years and just uh, let, let the service run? Google, I, Google uh, is Google known Plus. for shutting, yeah. shutting off their services that no. don't work. Yeah, I think this is a little different than the previous services, though. This is like you're paying right. another $60 on top of it for the license. So there's got to be right. something they do to get it back to you. I mean, what's going to be tricky is we're going to have to just actually read the user licensing thing. And see, does this say you are screwed as soon as it shuts down? So there was, there was an interview with one of the guys from like the project lead for Stadia, uh, and the the interviewer asked that question around that. It's like, hey, if I buy a game and you guys tank, like, what do I do? I get a refund on my game? Do what? What happens? And the Google representative was not very positive on his response. It was kind of like. We'll see. So, <laughs> could you imagine the refund on like four hundred thousand people right? bought something and it yeah. takes like uh, 
we're not making money. We got to give all of this back. Yeah. I that's why I doubt they're gonna refund the money. So sure, that makes if sense. anything, you'll probably just be out that whatever investment that you put into it. So I don't know, would you guys take the inconvenience of having to both install and maintain physical copies of games in exchange for what the convenience of having a digital medium is? So the other thing that I'd run into is that from working at Activision at one point in time, uh, you hear about the insider knowledge of the fact that the digital copy actually performs better than the disc copy. Mm -hmm. Is that there actually are benefits of having a... uh, game downloaded onto your hard drive and playing it from the hard drive instead of compo on disc and hard drive well i'm not necessarily i'm not necessarily arguing for that i'm talking about like no but i mean having it, to it, install a disc sure, like having to it, take a disc and install it onto your hard drive as opposed to just only having it digitally sure. i thought uh and to just real quick to your point i thought with the ps4 and xbox one era here i thought pretty much all the disc is literally just it's a license cardboard no. no, it's just a license. Oh. Like, literally, you download the game to your hard drive, and the game, the only purpose the game has is to prove that you own it. So when you try to boot that game, you pop it in. If you're offline, you can still play it. So it will still install, and you can still play the game. So from what I what I experienced when I was working on uh, Black Ops 3, and that was on PS4, it was still, like... A noticeable performance change between the digital and physical copy. So then the physical has to be reading something, something. still off the disc. Okay. Right. I thought the the newest generation of consoles uh, yeah, just, just installed it all. Yeah, that's I thought there's definitely no, they'd have to something put something reading. on like on the game. It's like okay, so Nintendo has this thing. You look at the back of the game and it says if it's required online or not. Uh, so if if you're looking at a, a disc from like Xbox and you go to plug it in like Dark Souls, let's say, right? You plug in Dark Souls, it's going to install, but you also have to be able to play the game offline just from the game itself. Otherwise, you'd have to see you know signs that say, no, sorry, you can't play this unless but if, it's connected to the internet. Uh, I mean, the, the idea is that you would download the entire contents of the game onto your hard drive. And literally, the disc is there just to uh, check that you you have a license to the game, so you could still play it regardless of your internet connection. You because you can do that with digital now. You don't have to be connected to play a digital game. Right? No. Like I've I have gone from from no game installed to plugging in my disc or putting I don't know I'm plugging in inserting my disc. It installs and then I play off of the disc with zero online connection. So uh, the game is there. It's not just a license. It's there's stuff. I, I think that's what you're saying. No. Kind of. Kind of. Maybe. Kind of. Are you saying that the, there's no content on the disc? No, I, no, no, okay, no, okay. no, 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 no. That's where I thought you were going. No. Like, what are you saying? No. Well, I mean, <laughs> to an extent, I mean, some, uh, I thought there was one game that they actually laughed because that's recently in the last two years that it really was that case where it was just, um, you just plugged it in, just downloaded the game from the internet. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, the games, of, but a lot your of games, games do that. your games still have a full game on it. What I'm saying is when you pop that in with the PlayStation and Xbox era, it installs that game to the point of all the game is used for after that because also because most games are on get updates at some point, right? Is that disc is literally just at that point a license that you can play Proof that of game. Purchase basically, yes, yeah. But yeah, no, no, your game does no, still I, have stuff on it. I thought you were going no. Other, like, no, there's only a license on it. I was like, no, they no. can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but I thought you could do that with, like, say, the Master Chief Collection. You could install the whole thing, and you didn't need the disc to play it. You uh, just installed it from the disc, and then you could just ditch the disc, and then you could just play it. 
I don't believe so. One of the I'm, Halo games you could do that. I'm if sure if you have Halo a five too, even still, I think that's like a very minority in all the games that have that I mean, ability. There's also you know you could buy physical yeah, copies I mean, of games where it's literally just a cardboard disc, right? <laughs> cardboard dick in a box. It's literally just a cardboard disc with a code on it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm I'm pretty sure this newest generation is it's just your initial game install. I mean, after that, especially if you buy a game year you know monster years down the road you're going to be re-downloading a whole bunch of that and the disc just acts as, acts as a license right i think that's all it is so yeah i have no idea we'd have to check that out when i, I thought we were see. game experts <laughs> we're just feeding rumors and yeah. theories to our fans exactly. or listeners but it's good for them. Yeah. You can go fact check us and then tell us that we suck on the internet. Hey, come on. Correct come us on. in the comments, yeah, please. Comment. Yeah. Tell us how we're wrong. Yep. So, um, to, originally, to, to your question and like what I prefer, physical or digital, I do miss kind of the, or I do like collecting and putting them on the shelf and that's cool and all. But digital is just kind of more convenient now. I think to this, at this point, if I buy a physical copy of anything anymore, it's going to be something with like a collector's edition that has an actual physical item, right? A statue or what's coming up here next month, Doom Eternal mm-hmm. with a sweet Doom Man helmet. Moldy that, power armor. Yeah. No, this is different. Uh, Moldy Doom armor. Different. Yeah. Different. No mold. There's no mold in the mold in hell. hell. I like, it's more like ash. What? Right, dashes. No, I don't. I don't yeah. buy any of that stuff. So, I don't do collectors editions. I don't do pre-orders. I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. So I mean, but I mean, to my, for me, my my preference is I'll probably go digital, unless there's some collectors edition with a cool statue or. Well, I mean, I, yeah. As far as or I know, I don't have much of a choice. I'm gonna be ending. I'm gonna get it on Steam. Yeah. Well, think, barring it's not an epic exclusive or something right. like that. I think PC for the most part. I mean, yeah, you can still buy physical discs, but. PC no, has been even, mostly digital for they're forever. Not even, they're not even discs yeah. on PC. In Inside any kind of PC box that you get from a store, it's, it's like literally a paper just with an code. insert with a Steam code on it. That's it. There's no yeah. disc in it. So, and that's been that way for a while. Yeah, yeah it's just, it, PC is mostly just PC game clients, right? You just buy it from there or your, your codes. Pretty mm-hmm. much. I'm trying to remember if StarCraft 2 did that or not. Uh, how back? How far back that was? Because I just installed, uh, reinstalled all those. And I'm trying to remember if I had the disc or not. It's a good question. I have the boxes at home, but I don't. I think sure it's, it's just a code. No, it's. it's I think this, it's. Is it? I think it's a it's disc. Th- I think it's DVDs. Is but it? I got rid of mine because Blizzard. If I remember, they let you put in your license key, and essentially make it a digital game because I can just go download yeah. StarCraft Two off their their website. Yeah. The problem with StarCraft though is that you couldn't play it offline. That was right. the problem with StarCraft 2. You had yep. to log in through Battle.net to actually yeah. play the single player. Yep. I still haven't beat that campaign. I should go back and do that. It's a good one. I liked it, except the ending. I got through a chunk of the Terran. I really should go back because I was enjoying it. They were all pretty good. I played through all of them. and Oh, look at this. Our We have Diablo 3 here being shown to us on disc. And that so, is a disc. But you can... I, I'm pretty sure I don't have the disc anymore. Again, Blizzard lets you put in the, the product key and essentially make it a digital, digital product. So... But so something interesting that I looked up just before this podcast, because that's how good I am at uh, preparing for these things. Uh, make a guess. Uh, in 2018, what is the percentages of digital versus physical sales in the U.S.? 
like 80-20 digital? I'm going to say it's like 60-40 physical. I'm saying 70-30, Bob. To 70-30 physical? Yeah, 70-30 digital to physical. And what was what did you say, Mike? 60-40 physical. To physical? And... I said 80 you, you, you can't do it because you looked at my goddamn phone, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> it is uh, 80 20. Oh, to digital. For the digital? To digital. Yeah. I was just going off by the graph, like kind of estimating. I couldn't see the numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. If you, yeah, if you look at this graph here, it's, it's a, honestly, it's a linear decline over the past, what, started in 2009 yeah. to 2018. Linear decline from physical sales to digital sales yeah and i mean i'm kind of curious what is counted into that as a as a physical sale because i mean if i go and buy a game that just has a cardboard disc with a code on it does that count as a physical or a digital sale good i would i would that's that's a good question it's a good question is now bullshit but i (laughs) i would because i'm buying a digital copy right because you're you're still making you're still making the sale from whatever retailer yeah so if you bought it from steam right because so, mm-hmm. steam you could it'll recognize hey if i'm entering a code versus i'm actually making a purchase from steam mm-hmm. i'm assuming if it has the physical code that you bought from the store and you entered into steam that it would act as a physical purchase but yeah and i mean just overall it makes more sense right that it would you know more companies are pushing towards digital because it's much easier much cheaper to cheaper yeah, to yeah, cheaper distribute to your own yeah. games rather than have it sent to walmart yeah can't blame them there so mike since you're an avid oh i guess i guess matt was too once fie was still around but then he shut it down single-handedly yeah it was all me <laughs> um i only shopped there when i had that credit and was able to do it i i like i'd walk in and like I'm sorry, I would shop by like I'd go in there and look around, but right. never I'm actually buy steal your you money. Gotta, you gotta, you gotta pretend your that you're it. like, oh, oh, look at this sweet anime poster. It looks pretty cool. And you're like, hey, I want to sell all these games for more than I bought them at GameStop. I want to dip back in here real quick. So I'd still go back in it at FYE every now and then. And I remember going to the game section one time, checking out the GameCube games, and there were like eight Go Go Hyper Grinds on the shelf. And it was all you. I'm pretty sure somebody else was doing it because i i mean i think it was like five of them were me yeah but i'm pretty sure somebody else knew that five copies we just went to the local game game stops yeah the best part was there was there was a game stop just right down the mall from the fy i mean which is i guess probably wasn't uncommon but so you go to GameStop, buy a couple games get a pretzel in between go eat your pretzel while they tally up the money you're making and just Sell out. I do nice. remember walking in and buying a again. You know, there was a Lotus. It was a Lotus something Lotus racing game and a Go Go Hyper Grind. Tossing the bag out, shoving the receipt into my pocket real quick, then walking right, you know, peeling off the the, the used stickers and then walking in FYE going. Did you can I trade a these? Razor blade <laughs> in the mall if you like scrape these off. <laughs> no, I mean they didn't care about the the you know it was they really didn't care the, about disc. the buck knife that I had in my pocket. Yeah, it was really just making sure the disc was fine and you know not destroyed. I mean most places do that. If you had a little sticker goo or whatever on the the case, you know it didn't matter. So. You made that poor associate touch all that sticker goo. I hated, yeah. like, any time I peel that stuff off on anything, I just, I hate touching it. I've got to scrub it with goo gone and stuff. Sure. It's, yeah. Gross. So anyways, back to my question. Since you guys were avid sellers of games, and if we're, obviously, there's a trend going towards digital games, do you have any opinions on being able to, no longer having the ability to sell your games? Essentially, you buy it and kind of stuck with it. So I want to jump in here. Yes, I sold games, 
but that was to make a buck. Yeah, whatever. I uh, pretty much any Why other else game would you sell a game. Yeah, of course. No, no, like like we'll say take advantage of a system. I took advantage of a system, and I made some money. My actual games that I played, I never, I never played Go Go Hyper Grind and this Lotus Racing game. Um, okay, here's a, here's a better question then. Did oh. you have you ever legitimately traded in a game that you played and you're like, nah, it was okay, but I'm not gonna keep it, and then tra- and then traded into Fye and yeah, there was go under. there was a few times I'd go into uh, uh, EB games and trade in a few few games, but it was one of those things where uh, it's my teenage years where like. A year down the road, I'd be like, man, I, I wish I still had that game. Too bad I spent $60 on it. Or, yes, about $60 on it. Traded it in for five. And then, you know, it, it just it was one of those things in my mind. is like, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth spending money on a game, trading it in for a couple bucks. When I could just, I don't know, mow a couple more lawns, shovel some more driveways, and just keep that game for in the future, I could play it again. Sure. I'm going to say, unlike Matt's Ocean Eleven, you know, saying over here, <laughs> making money hand over fist, um, I actually liked their service. It was nice because at any point I don't like something, I don't have to just hold on to it. It doesn't have to, I mean, granted it'll just live in like digital space wherever yeah. as a, you know, digital game, but I'd like the ability to get rid of it if I truly don't like it, whether that's a refund or if that is like selling it back to the store. I mean, there's what, what are you going to do? They're going to sell that digital license you had for cheaper. I don't know if that's even a thing, but like, I think it'd be cool if you could. I don't expect that you should be able to, um, and I wouldn't see a reason why you would sell a digital copy anyways. So, give you a little sliver of hope from Ooh. my half-hour research so just before this, because I'm super good and, and prepared for this kind Well-prepared. So well he says as he's googling stuff Google. in the middle of the conversation. Selling <laughs> So there's <laughs> uh, at least back in 2018, there was an article from Polygon talking to uh, uh, somebody who was developing a service called Robot Cash, and essentially it's meant to be like a marketplace that users could come with their digital games. And then put them up for bid, or essentially, or like put them up saying, "Hey, I want to sell this game if, and I want to buy these games," and then. Uh, uh, yeah, they could go through that whole service. Obviously, the the issue that you run into with digital games is that the code on it is owned by the publisher, right? Publisher owns the game. They obviously have to need, or they need to have a sign-off saying, yes, it's okay for you to sell that game of mine that you bought previously well, to somebody else. Isn't that part of, and I think like everybody else in the world, I've never really read a EULA, but that's end-user license agreement for... The listeners. Um, Thanks, Matt. You tested TRG for how long and you never read the EULA? No. All right. But anyways, uh, so I think isn't typical digital licenses aren't that you own that game. You you basically have you you have the you own the license and the right to play that game. I right. thought I was reading somewhere where it's just like I think you, that might be misinterpreted. Uh, that's where I'm not 100 percent sure because unlike Colin, I, I didn't spend 30 minutes researching this. How many How many minutes did you do? Uh, this one was. From that's what I thought, Matt. <laughs> that's what I thought. No, I, there's. Um, I think that answers your Stadia question. Then, if that's if that's the way it works, Rich, if it's the you own the license to be able to use the game, you don't actually own the collection. There it is. It's gone. Yeah. Right, but I mean, I think. That's misinterpreted. Um, 
I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not very good at my legalese. Have you... Hold on, let's get this in here. Have you read the Ayula for a yes, game? Okay. Yes, I have. Ah, you're such a good user. I've read, like, one. Oh, okay. Well, that's... One ever. That's one more than probably but all of us. there's a big discussion going around about this, and I'll I'll see if I can find you uh, the YouTube video that I was looking at that kind of breaks this down. Um, goes into how you could interpret it in a way... That you do, in fact, own it, unless they are providing it strictly as a service. So is there's that... a difference between having it as a service and having it as an actual physical piece of property. So is that legal loophole? Here's some big, big brain thoughts. Is that why publishers are moving more towards this video game as a service? Well, it could be, but I think even as a service like that, yeah. like a like a. Like a live service game. Yeah. I think that you can also consider the content of it to be part of... The copy of the content to be part of your property. I'll have to double check this again, but that's the the part of the conversation that I've seen about that. It, it gets really, really into fine detail about this in, in a legalese sort of fashion. Sure. So I don't... I'm not 100% on that, but that's my current interpretation of it. Sure. Uh, so you could potentially view it as you do own it as a piece of property. The publisher or distributor of the game is not providing a strict service, like, say, going to a, an amusement park or something like that, I believe is technically a service. Right. Not providing you with a good. Right. But if you're buying copies of a video game, you are purchasing a good. Sure. Sure. I believe that's why it can be, like I said, it's really, really fuzzy, but I think that's the, that's the, the defining factor between what they're actually selling you and what they can put in that EULA. I mean, they could probably put that in the EULA, but by the law, they're either providing you with, I think, a service or a good. Sure. So anyways, back to this, uh, robot cash service, um, Essentially, the the cut and how it works is that uh, of the percentages of what you would sell a game for, the the user would get 25%. So if you sold a used digital game, put it up on the service, and if you sell it for 10 bucks, you would get $2.50. So we're back, we're back down to those, those GameStop numbers. But the publisher would get 70%, and then the actual provider of the service would get 5% of that so I thought that was kind of an interesting thing and I'd be curious if people actually take advantage of that of a service like that where they would want to try and sell their digital games as a used thing instead of just have it sit on your dusty shelf of a seam library for me it would all depend on how much I could get for go go hyper grind yeah I mean for the most part Probably I, mean, 50 cents. I mean to be honest I never really sell a lot of games unless I have like duplicate copies right uh, other than that yeah I like hanging on to all the games that I've kind of accumulated over the last few years I'm sure I still have you know X squad for the PS2 yeah I don't play it ever I played it like for a half hour once but I still like the fact that I have it right yeah, I mean, for me as a personal experience, the last time that I like traded in a game to GameStop uh, was back with GameStop was doing a deal where they had a list of games that if you uh, traded in two of these games from this list, they would give you twenty bucks. I was like, that's a pretty good deal. 
Uh, a couple of them on there was like Call of Duty World at War and uh, I think some other Call of Duties and some other uh, games that I had. Uh, so I ended up trading in like four games, got like 40 bucks. I was like, uh, to me, that seemed like a pretty good deal. But then like a, a year later, people were talking about World at War and I was like, you know what? Kind of want to play that. Ah, I don't have that game anymore. I can't play it again. So it kind of ruined the moment for me. So I don't really. That's a big reason why do it anymore. I don't sell games is it doesn't happen often. But if I do want to go back, you know, or uh, you typically don't get a lot of money for the trade ins. Right. Is my big thing is like even if I bought it on sale, even if I bought it used, I'm still spending probably 20 bucks or more. And then I go trade it in and I make a couple bucks. It right. just, it does it doesn't seem worth it for me, which was a big reason why I stopped doing it. As far as digital, I'd be curious what kind of, I guess I don't know where I stand on whether or not you should be able to, but I'd be curious with what kind of market would be out there for buying used digital games. So, I mean, it's, it's always about just wherever you can find the best deal, right? So, I mean, if I can go to this marketplace with a bunch of, uh, use digital games, and if they had, uh, let's say, Divinity Original Sin two, uh, used digital, and new would be thirty bucks, used would be twenty five. I'm like, sure, I'll I'll pay twenty five instead of and buying a new. What's one. funny about with how you phrase that is new and used. When if it's a digital copy, right, it's right. just new. So that's where I think like with things like I, I just think with like Steam. They're always having their quarterly like sales. Games generally they're sixty bucks for a few months while they're hot, and then they just digital copies a lot of times for. Well, I'm gonna stick with PC because I think console still struggles with having their digital copies drop in price. Yeah. But uh, for Steam, you know, you can find those games in a few months on sale. I would just be curious how many people are going. Well, I'll just wait for the next Steam sale and buy it through. I mean, there could be. You know, maybe Steam picks up trade-ins for digital games, right? But you know, I'd rather not go to this. What was it? Cash for games? What? What was your What was your site where you trade? Cash for clunkers. Cash no, for it's clunkers. A robot cash. Robot cash. You know, cash as in like memory cash, not like yeah. cash money. So I mean, like I'd probably you know just still go and wait for a Steam sale, anyways. Sure. But I'd just be interested to see. I, I mean, again, too is like, what would the trade-in values be, and would people do it? Right. Right. It's probably based on demand, right? So, um, trade-in values for GameStop is probably just like, eh, it, it could be supply, but I doubt it. It's probably just like, we want to be able to sell this game at this amount. We're going to give you this amount to get maximum profit for ABC reasons. It's probably going to be in that route, like, how much do people really want this game? Are they going to, you know, buy it at almost full price anyways, instead like $10 off or whatever? Or is there no, you know no real request for this game because they can continuously get it. It's not like it's a rare game unless they shut off services for it, but then digital anyways is gone. Um, it's probably just demand. If a lot of people want it, you can probably trade it in for higher. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mean, in terms of reselling digital games, I mean, we're actually starting to see some movement on this in the European Union. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so... Um, not too long ago, I think there was a report that was just broke talking about, um, the French court, I believe, is, uh, telling Steam that they have to use, they have to have a resale of goods 
throughout the European Union or something like that. Sure. Um, I think I have like a like a tiny excerpt of it here. It's uh, so in in I guess the TLDR is that the EU requires the free movement of goods within the union. So it's close. The freedom prohibits companies from deciding if a product can be resold. And according to this ruling, the protection applies to digital copies of games as well as physical goods. So they are pushing uh, Valve to be able to, to let their consumers resell digital games. So I think that's kind of a that's a big play. I wonder how this is going to affect just digital media in general. Selling because can you you can't I know if you can't resell like digital copies of movies and music. Yeah. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see how this plays out because. That could change just the digital media landscape in general, not just gaming. And from the article that I'm reading, I mean, it looks like, you know, Valve is trying to fight it, of course. Sure. Well, trying to bring in a system to essentially revamp how you're going to be being like, how would you do that? How would you you logistically do this, allow people to be able to sell digital copies of their games from their Steam library or something like that? I have no idea. It's weird. You'd have to put in infrastructure for it first. Is like within its own system. How can I sell this to other people? And then it'd have to be like, uh, I want this amount of dollars for it, and I just put it out there. And if someone buys it, I get the money for it. Maybe, maybe they just build like an eBay, right? Where it's not like you're trading it into GameStop and they're just selling it. So you want to get rid of this game? You have to get whatever best price you can, right? So yeah. you do the legwork. You can sell it. But it's not like you're just going to be able to walk into any GameStop. We're walking, you know. Well, right. Digital, I mean, digitally walk into a GameStop and trade something. So I would think something like an eBay for used digital media licenses. Well, I mean, a cool thing about that would be is that, you know, I'm not going to get gypped out of money because there's just a tiny hairline little cut on the disc. And so they're like, oh, we got to knock off 20 bucks off this copy because yeah. it's definitely damaged. It's, or it's they, missing a case. So. Yeah. Where yeah. they do some like garbage play tests where they basically because I remember doing this with uh, I traded in a the old 3ds to GameStop and they had this garbage test where they tried to launch a game or like tried to plug in a game and it was like oh didn't read it the first time here's two dollars I'm like what put it on Craigslist at that point yeah. yeah well so I mean that'll be really interesting to. To see what happens with that. I Maybe know, that's how GameStop comes back. They're like, they'll have ah, a digital redistribution. Digital platform. distribution. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like that could be, you know, if if we if there's more legal push to have something like that, that could open up a really good business opportunity for somebody to kind of jump in and be a a, distri- a redistributor of legal or not legal of digital games. Right. I'd be curious if they, because I was trying to think of a method on how they would do this. So currently Steam right now has that weird trading card system where yeah. you get those like stupid tra- trading cards and they can like put them on their marketplace and potentially get they money from it. They are not stupid. Okay. They are collectibles. They're, they're pretty dumb. Do you guys actually know, use them? No. I, I always I always forget about them until I see a little notification at the top right of Steam and I'm like, yeah. what's that? Oh yeah, the I trading card Steam thing. Games usually. What is the trading card thing? So when you when you buy a game or even when you get some achievements in some games, uh, usually they do a lot of stuff too around the like their sales, a lot of promotions. If you buy so, if you spend so much money, we'll give you our sweet, cool, limited time uh, trading card, e trading cards. 
and they just sit in your collection, quote unquote. So it's like electronic baseball cards yeah. are rarer than others. Yeah. So you can purchase them or trade them from yes. your friends. Ooh. Exactly. And I think so you can add this to like level up your account on Steam Maybe. as well. What's the point well, of leveling up your account? But anyways, so you a badass. <laughs> so you swing that dick I'm around. A, I'm a level thirty I'm Steam, a Steam player loyalist. Yeah. <laughs> so you can take these e e cards and you can potentially throw them on like an auction mar- marketplace and it would say hey this steam card this e card is worth 30 cents it's like uh, okay so you can say like yep i'm gonna throw it up in this place and somebody buys it they'll take it and i'll get 30 cents or at least some part of 30 cents to my steam wallet and something to point out if i remember how it works is by playing a game you aren't able to ever collect the whole we'll say we'll say they're 10 cards right for a game right just i don't know what it is but we'll just say 10 you could only get like you know seven so if you wanted the full collection you had to go use the marketplace and somebody else might get a different seven and then it was to promote trading and selling and sure. things like right isn't that how it works honestly i have no idea oh. all i know is that there's a marketplace i didn't i thought you were a level all. 37 no, steam <laughs> that was gary gary's level 30 on steam user and <laughs> i don't like gary does he get discounts for being level 30 or is there nothing to... actually they make him pay more because they know he will pay <laughs> he's it a, he's a whale yeah. he's a they whale upgrade your ch- or uh, upcharge you just for being a whale yeah um but yeah, so anyways, about the, the reason I brought that up is that I'd be curious if they uh, use that kind of a market system as a used game seller. Like they say, uh, Steam will regulate saying, a use, this as a used game will cost this much because that's what the market says. That's what people are willing to pay for. This is what it's going to be. You can't deviate from that. So you can either throw it up in the system and hope that you get that amount or just hold on to it. Because they probably be, will take a slice of that, too. Of course, yes. They would definitely take a slice out of that. Obviously, another kickback goes back to the publisher because they technically own the code. Um, and then you would get your 30 cents. Um, but I highly doubt they would just be a Wild West saying, I'm going to sell all these games for a dollar because F them. I don't care about those publishers. Well, that's. I think that's... Uh, we didn't really touch on this, I don't think. Uh, that's a big reason I stopped buying used games from somewhere like GameStop or whatever, eBay, EB Games or all that stuff. Sure. If you're, you're talking about physical use games. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, again, we didn't touch on it, but I, I stopped doing that because once I found out that GameStop pretty much takes all the money from a used game, it never gets back to a publisher. Uh, you know, especially if it's a game I really liked, we'll just, I, I always bought them new anyways, but we'll use the example. If I want to go buy extra copies of Halo 2 or 3 or something, you know, I'd probably go try to find them new somewhere so the publisher or studio gets more money. Whereas if you go to GameStop and you buy extra copies, that money goes to GameStop, not the publisher. Right. So I mean, that's just I mean that's just how that's the just physical, a preference. Yeah. That's just how the physical sales work. Is that you have a store like Walmart or GameStop, they purchase a bunch of copies that they're gonna have on their store shelves. The publisher and developer already got their money from the retailer but right if if that stock leaves but then re-enters the uh store and that they can resell it yeah they they, the publisher and developer don't make more money off of that gamestop just takes it as well this is my property now and i'm gonna do whatever i want with it well i mean but yeah to the to the point though is i would like to see if digital if you could resell digital that the 
the publisher, again, for me, more importantly, the studio, right? You know, if it's EA or Activision game, who cares about them? But if it's a studio that, you know, I really like, I'd rather them get a cut. So I'd hope maybe if there is this digital marketplace where you can resell games that, yeah, it is split a little, a little goes to you, a little goes to whoever hosts the site. And then some goes back at some point, probably when it gets sold, right? Right. When it gets resold, would yeah. go to the, to the, the studio. So, I, I would believe, disagree on it. Actually. I believe I it know. actually. I I believe it actually has to though. Is oh, that the, the money license. has right because licensing and the fact that the publishers own the code. It's a little bit different when it's like under the table selling a physical copy. If we're talking about CD or just like game keys in general, where they're like this set of code is this key, it is easily tracked in the digital world, and they could say, hey, what, what, how come that guy has that game now? Like we want our cutback. As far as digital reselling, I think it's fine to give back to the publisher. I mean, just based on you know they're doing the transferring, whatever. With the physical parts, though, I don't really think they're not losing money. Like the publisher isn't actually losing money because if I were going to go and this is an example, if I didn't want to buy a game at full price just because I I don't want to buy that game because I don't think it's worth sixty bucks, um, and then I go buy it used for thirty because I do want to try it, but I don't think it's worth what they're giving it. But somebody else will give it to me for cheaper. They've already got the money based on the one that's already been purchased, so I don't feel it's just changing hands of that. I don't think they're losing money off of it, so I don't necessarily care. And then you've got publishers like EA or like Activision or you know any of these other monster groups that treat sure. gamers yeah. like garbage in general. Yeah, yeah. it's like, guys. hey guys, we're gonna just milk you for everything, and then go back to microtransactions. We're gonna milk you more for an incomplete game. And then, you know, I want my kickbacks off of this game that you're reselling to a friend. Cause but, Mike, like it. games cost more to make now. <laughs> they need all of the coins. That's, I mean, they do lose money because if you're not buying the game new from whatever retailer, you're buying it used. That money isn't going to them. So, well, instead of selling a second copy, that copy is already, out that the ether has already, has already been, been purchased. Yeah, but, but if, if I buy one... Yep. They get my money. I yep. trade it in. If you buy that new, that studio or publisher doesn't get that money. GameStop or whoever gets it for physical. Wait, you said new. You, mean you said used? new. Did you mean used? I buy yeah. new. I buy right. new. Trade yeah. it in. And then you buy it. Then you buy it. You, buy, buy, it. you buy my used copy that yeah. I traded right. in. Right. Yeah. Sorry if I mix that up. Why should they double dip on that? Why should the publisher double dip on that? Like if I want to give a, a game to somebody Whoa, as a gift. Okay, okay. Sorry, Holding, gifting gifting, is, gifting different. is different. Yeah. Or, okay, say, say I really. sell it on Craigslist. Okay. What's the difference? The physical other than, other than the big corporate giant of GameStop, which is what people are hating on. Right. What is the difference from a personal sale of a game to uh, I mean, we're not ripping off little kids and stuff, but like, for me, just difference for me, it just comes back down to that preference. If it's again, again, with leaving your Activisions and your EAs out of this, if it's a studio and a, a series, a game, whatever I like, I'd rather buy it new so that studio somewhere down the line actually gets money from me. Whereas if I buy it used, you know, that's why, you know, like. Sunset Overdrive. Every time I saw it on sale for for new, I tried getting all my my friends who liked me, which is apparently zero because yeah, nobody bought it. Yeah, I don't think so. But I tried getting people. Hey, it's new. Uh, you know whether it's digital or you know when like Walmart had it physical for ten bucks or something, right? Because I wanted people, I wanted my friends to buy Sunset Overdrive new so that Insomniac Games could get more money 
and hopefully make a second one, which now is probably not going to happen because Sony had to buy Yeah, it. Sony has it now. Sony's going to do a second one. I hope Sony pulls a like a Minecraft type thing where they make a Sunset Overdrive 2, but they just kind of third party release it, which would be unheard oh, of and weird. Sure. But yeah. um, I'd also be fine because I do have a PlayStation. I'd be fine if they made a Sunset Overdrive 2, but it was PlayStation exclusive. Sure. I'd be a little sad. All I want is more Sunset Overdrive. So, so back you, to the... Back to the the potential loss, right? Where yeah. you claim that it's yeah. not a potential loss. It's the copy's the, already paid for. That's my sure, point. right? So it the publisher sees it as I just said as a potential loss. So they're not really aiming at you, Mike or Rich. Right? They're not aiming for you. Where you're saying like, no, I will never buy this game unless it hits this price point. I will never ever buy it. But they have it more for the people who are on the fence. They where they see. Hey, I hear this this Skyrim game is pretty good. I think I should go buy it for my my kiddo, and I think he would like this Skyrim game. And I'm gonna go to GameStop. Like, oh, okay, looks like it's new for sixty dollars. That's a lot of buckaroos. Oh, look, there's a used copy for only forty. Well, I'm gonna save that twenty dollars and buy a used copy. So like that this guy gets more and more <laughs> twang as he talks. Yeah, but uh, that's Gary's cousin. So like on a, on a new game, let's let's go because Skyrim's been out forever. It's been on everything in your fridge. It's just a that's a different thing. You can still go buy Skyrim for sixty dollars, okay, or you fine. can go buy it Sorry. for thirty. Do you so want a something, different game? Just hold, no, 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 no. Um, not a different game. If you look at a newer game, GameStop's not going to have a used copy of that game necessarily right away. And if you do look at their used copies for most games that are brand new, they're still like fifty four ninety nine. Sure. So it's it's still that. I but would it's go. Still, it's still a potential loss. It's, that fifty four ninety nine could have been sixty dollars. But again, if I'm Penny Pitcher Joe, and if I am buying this game that my son really wants, and if I can see it for five dollars cheaper as a used copy, and I was like, "There's no difference to me." Yeah, I, I'm gonna I can buy see this that. used copy. Well, right, but I mean, you still had the person who originally bought that sixty dollars copy. Sure, they're but losing. They're say, losing say future we're in it, we're sales, it. but they're not losing any money on that individual disc. So I I can see how it's a loss for them, it, but if I if I wasn't loss. gonna buy it for sixty dollars anyways, it's a loss either way. So I don't know. I I don't think it's that big of a. I think it is when when GameStop was still popular and people a lot of people bought it used. We're not talking about like us here on the couch, right? If me and Cullen buy two new games, that's one hundred twenty bucks. We we trade it in, and then you guys buy those games used for total of 60 bucks you know 30 and 30 um you know it's not a lot of money right that's the, the publisher or whatever's you know and that 60 bucks is going to GameStop that other 60 or the nothing's going to the publisher studio but we're talking about thousands right let's say Call of Duty right again I hate Activision but they sell a lot right mm-hmm. well if they sell I don't know a million new and 10% of those get traded in and those 10% get repurchased used that's a lot of money that activision isn't making yeah but they weren't going to make it anyways because they weren't like the people who are buying the used typically aren't going to go buy your 60 dollar like brand new off the shelf so what i'm saying is it's you're not losing the sales they weren't going to get them in the first place unless they get a price drop 
Right. Yeah, and that's, that's probably weird. why things like Amazon, um, I think Target might be doing it, Walmart, like a week after sales, if you've noticed, games are dropping like 10 bucks. So you're, you're getting like that initial push of, well, I think oh, I want to buy all these new ones, and then all of a sudden they drop down to like forty nine ninety nine instead of fifty nine ninety nine. There's definitely some other uh, factors that go into that that aren't necessarily part of this, and it's more of back to the game philosophy that publishers are selling games that are half-baked, and then... After the initial blockade of no reviews for a game or only paid reviews of making this game look amazing, and then like an example would be uh, Fallout 76, right? People, a ton of people bought that game. Turned out it was complete shit, and then the price just fucking tanked after the first two weeks of sure. that game being out. I want to say it happened with like Mario Maker 2, though. That's a huge one, and that's got nothing but greatness other than the multiplayer sure. debacle where you can't like join your friends in a game, but that didn't stop people from wanting to play it and buy sure. it. But it was like the first week, and all the pre-orders sold, and then it dropped down like 10 bucks for the next three months. And I, I think that's just to get people who weren't going to pay that $60 right. price point to just buy it there instead of going to you know uh, GameStop and getting it for about the same price as that drop off the So support. something I just thought of is that do you think this actually goes in hand with the fact that physical sales are just declining in general? Is that you have these uh, wholesale retailers buying a bunch of copies expecting to sell some but they don't so then yeah, they Yeah, that, that absolutely could be much. like, oh sure. shit, right. we bought way too many. Right. Get rid of it. That way that, they, and that, that was what happened with Fallout 76 yes. is they were giving it away practically. Right, right. You know? Yeah, you see all those like all those pictures on Reddit about these just giant bins of Fallout 76 just like just 50% off just like we just need to get rid of them. Yeah, it's very that, possible. That's something that's I'm going to miss about GameStop and their their physical used sales. Going in, seeing that all like you'd go to that $5 bin and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to find something real good here." And it was like 95% just old sports games. Right. <laughs> one, one last uh, thing about GameStop here though, if you really want to get to them, Go dumpster diving, because apparently you can get a whole bunch of free crap out of their dumpsters. Just old sports titles, probably. Yeah, that's <laughs> or ET on Game Boy. Madden yeah. 2012. Yeah. No, it would be actually 2018, because it just, nobody buys the last year's version if there's a new one coming out. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. I'm not dumpster diving for a sports game, though. <laughs> yeah. What if it was like NFL 2K for Dreamcast? That was solid. Maybe. What about, uh, it was the last one by him, ESPN NFL football or something for, I think it was the original Xbox, actually, where they had a first-person mode. <laughs> and then I think the next year, EA bought the rights to Madden, and now we don't get other football games. <sighs> I mean, I don't really play sports games, so, yeah. Yeah. Bring back NFL um, Fever, Microsoft. Matt, when are we starting that quiz thing? quiz thing i yeah, don't know figure that out uh well i have a feeling we'll have to come up with some questions ourselves That's but we'd like to get the uh community involved and have you guys send us maybe some questions or something some like quiz like uh, trivia stuff yeah so, so we, we can... so we're, we're thinking about adding a little bit at the end of each podcast on having a little fun quiz where you guys ask us a question yeah, and I mean, we, if you guys don't, then we'll try I mean, to figure out. A well, I think uh, we'll, we'll have to figure out the the method to the it, details. But, yeah, yeah, just people sending you know some crazy questions that most of them may not know, and you know one or two of us will look at it and then probably gonna, throw them out. Are we to going the rest. to restrict it to gaming related? 
I mean, well, this yeah. is kind of I a mean, gaming podcast. Sure, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. How I'm fun do we want to be with all on some of these things? Like, like, I don't know if we want to get into some like any topic. French painters, yeah. and then everyone's like, who the fuck? Well, of course not. If it's like <laughs> gaming I guess. If it's like how many stars are on the rump of the white My Little Pony, I'm not going to know we're gonna, that. We're going to skip gonna that question. It, what, what animal is on the shotgun shell in Halo? Thanks, Justin. Justin. Justin Justin's got it. Hippo. Justin's got to be on uh, everyone. There was actually like, a fantastic story about that uh, for Halo, but we'll save it for another time, maybe. Let's the Halo over. Hippo story? Yeah. Maybe. All right. So there we go. Justin's got one on the board. Uh, Colin Rich, Mike, Chase, if he ever shows up to a podcast one of these days. Sam or all our goose eggs. Got zeros. So we'll have to keep this up. See what kind of scores are going to be. There you go. Cool. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you next time around the campfire.